to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Slam podcast, and today I am so honored and privileged to welcome Drama King Matt, who's formerly Aiden English in WWE. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, first of all, I know I don't want to relive any pain and suffering from a few months ago, but uh, talk a little bit about your release from WWE and, and how everything went down with that and what you've been doing the last few months. Well, I mean, obviously, not just me and a lot of my wrestling brethren, but the whole world has clearly been hit with all kinds of ramifications from from this pandemic and virus and everything like that. And we, you know, me along with, like, as I said in a couple of videos, a lot of people, not just on screen persona, we're, we're victims of that, like so many millions of people around the world have been. So, um, but you do, you know, what the only thing you can do, which is move forward, because you can't change the past, obviously. So all you can do is try to make the future better for you, for your family and everything like that. And so me, it's it's looking into what what comes next. And that's hard right now, obviously, you know, or, and it's been hard this summer because I think we've all been living at the most, what, week to week, you know, more like day to day, uh, just seeing what what is going to be available, what kind of businesses are even able to operate, what kind of things can we do? And Obviously, a lot of our lives have gone to things like this. I mean, it's, it's digital communication, digital entertainment, digital production, uh, just living our lives like that. So I've d- d- you know, dived into a lot of that with uh, my, my other kind of hobbies and passions and things like that. So wrestling wasn't available. So I kind of I dove headfirst into the my wrestling with whiskey kind of side brand and dove making more content for that I, I jumped like a lot of wrestlers onto the twitch train uh spent a lot of time at home and as anyway so may as well and i enjoy it and share that with the public so honestly as i've waited for shows to begin again which thank goodness they have and everything it's taken a lot of time to really kind of dive back in to reconnecting with the fan base because I feel with WWE and everything, you were gone so much and you were doing, you were always going, going, going. And yeah, you you can reply to a tweet every now and then, but I feel like I didn't give enough of a chance often to really connect with people. And so doing, you know, more content, making more things, doing more interviews and uh, just making things like this, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more of an intimate relationship with my fan base once again, which is something I really appreciate. There's a video that Mike posted on the Windy City Slam Twitter account at Windy City Slam yesterday, and he was just basically reposting. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it a rant, a promo. It was it was Biggie, and he was talking about how in WWE uh, the New Day got an awful lot of people that didn't like what they were doing, and they kind of had to trust their own instincts because they had something that was very organic. You had something very organic when it comes to Rusev Day. And the way that that kind of took off, 
And I, I, I wonder if there's any, do you, I don't know if you've seen the video, but do you almost echo that sentiment? Does it feel, did you ever feel like you came up with something organic and it didn't fit with what the plan might've been backstage? And it was almost like, they're like, God, I wish this would go away. I mean, everybody loves this thing, but we weren't planning on Rusev day taking over things. Or did you feel supported when something like that happened? Sure. No, it's funny because so I I don't know that I've actually I've seen that video from E, but I'll tell you this: I've talked to him a lot about it, especially during that Rusev Day time because we had a lot of interaction with New Day. We would go back and forth about that. They were they they were our biggest like we were wrestling them and they were they were these big baby faces, but they were the ones being like, God, man, like they need to do something. Like they need to have you guys beat us. They need to do this. Like they 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 were our biggest like champions with trying to, you know, make something happen or thinking something should happen. But I mean, getting to the point of like, did we have something organic? Absolutely, man. Like that's the way I've always described it to anyone who's asked. That's the best way because it 100% was not in the plans for it to become anything. Um, I've said this before, but it was supposed to be that, that ceremony thing where I was singing the national anthem and he got the key it was supposed to be that as far as I know, that was kind of it. It was, and then he was going to continue. Rusev was going to continue with Randy Orton till whatever, but man, when people latch on to something, they really do. And every week and every month was just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. It was not in the plans, but the audience made it the plans. So uh, Matt, when they transitioned from uh, Rusev day and into your, uh, very, very short, unfortunately, storyline of um, one night in Milwaukee. Uh, how did that make you feel? Because it kind of diminished your character and you kind of got put on the bench after that. Uh, I mean, it wasn't how I, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, we wanted to keep going. We wanted to ride that Rusev Day train till the wheels fell off. I really felt like we could have gotten a lot more mileage out of it. Um at least, you know, again, we talked with New Day a lot. I thought I would never, ever, ever, ever compare ourselves to them. But in a similar fashion where they, they kind of came onto the scene as this different heel group, but the audience flipped them. I thought we could have a similar trajectory. You know, we, we came on, we were this heel team, but the audience just seemed to be with it. We wrote it out as, as heels. And I really thought we could have had a full-fledged run as, you know, as some heroes, as some good guys. But I also respect, you know, it's not at the end of the day, not a popular thing to say, but like, it's not our company. So regardless, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I get that. So, but it is honestly, yeah, it was unfortunate. We had a lot of ideas of how, okay, if we're going to break this up, if we're going to explode it, let's try to do the best business for both of us. And, you know, like, I think that was turning him into a, you know, big hero and elevating me as a bad guy, I don't care. He could, he ends up whooping my ass. That's what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about the loss or anything like that, but you have this long-term team, this unique, weird, madcap kind of team that people loved. And I thought there was so much more you could have done mm-hmm. than just kind of like this two-week tawdry storyline. And then I had thrown out ideas, but sometimes, you know, sometimes the ears aren't open. Yeah, pal, well, we're going to move on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, now uh, I'm very, very excited. Uh, you're going to be making your in-ring return as a wrestler. Now, you already had a little bit of a shot at Zello Pro last month as an announcer, and this gentleman named Brubaker came in the ring after his match and called you out. 
And now it looks like we've set up Filth King Brubaker against Drama King Matt. So it's the Battle of the Kings. And uh, let me get the show here. Zello Pro uh, Wrestling on Weed Street at Joe's on Weed Street, uh, north side of the city, Thursday night, September 17th. So how do you feel about the match? And then obviously Brubaker has some allies too in the Blackheart Battalion in Hades and Grayson. Uh, will you have maybe some friends behind you for that match? I mean, it's I'm new. I'm just getting back to the scene. You know that. All, all my friends are under contract. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the important thing. <laughs> um, but man, uh, I feel I feel confident. Um, but obviously, you know, again, confident in my abilities. But it has been. I'm, I can't hide the fact that it's been at least a year and a half since I've heard a ding, ding, ding. You know what I mean? My last match was in the middle, kind of at the beginning of that commentary run. I did a, a WrestleMania Access um, NXT Worlds Collide match. But other than that, yeah, it's been a long time. So I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't say there was a little bit little bit of nerves, worried about some of the ring rust. I've had a chance to get in the ring a few times. Uh, I'm going to continue to do that over the next few weeks just to kind of get my win back, to really get my conditioning and, so, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on me to not only just hang there, but to perform and to come out and have this first match, this kind of declaration of like, ah, the king is back. And so I want to make it not just, I don't want to just hang, but I want to freaking blow the roof off. I think a lot of casual fans saw the, um, the Undertaker thing and how he prepared himself when he decided he was going to come back. And probably assume it's just like that, but I, I would assume he's on a completely different level than everybody else because the guy's got, I mean, I saw his house on the video. It looks like he did very well for himself. So how do you get the rust off? Like, do you just find like a, a gym? Do you have like a place where like a bunch of you get together and set up a ring? Like, take us through that because I don't know if everybody really gets how you, you get a chance to work out and practice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's tough. So, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm always been big in the gym, no matter what. So like, from a just a physical condition level, I feel good. I feel really good. And maybe that time away from the ring actually did me some good. Uh, however, though, you talk to any wrestler, I mean, man, you stop wrestling for even a couple weeks. The first time you get back in and you're you're sucking wind and you're you're disoriented, it can it can be really blow your mind, but let alone a year and a half. So for me, it's just been upping the intensity in the, you know, the regular gym, upping the intensity of my conditioning workouts. But then Getting in touch with people here in Chicago, you know, freelance pro wrestling runs a school. So I'm good friends with Matt Nix, who, you know, kind of is in charge of that. And he's offered me a space to train using their ring where they run classes and stuff. I've had a chance to sit in on some of their classes. A good friend of mine, Chicago guy, Mustafa Ali, has, you know, been kind enough to roll around with me uh, last couple of weeks, last couple of times we've gotten together. So it's just, it's finding that time, you know, it's finding friends, connections who, you know, who do have those kind of facilities, who do have, and you take your opportunities when you get them. Because, no, I don't have a big garage in my backyard with a with an arena and lights and a ring and crash pads and all this stuff. Uh, it's just kind of on me to find it uh, amongst my friends. But that's what I love about the wrestling community is, you know, we say brother for reasons because we're all brothers and we're all family. And so I appreciate my family who's given me the opportunity to kind of get my get myself back. Now, Matt, you've mentioned in other interviews that uh, you've been thirsting to get into the Chicago local scene a bit, something you really didn't get a chance to do pre-WWE. Now, uh, how did the Zello opportunity come about? 
Was it uh, Matt Bacalli reaching out to you, or were you kind of throwing your name out there to, to promoters? Well, I mean, obviously, as soon as the you know the 90-day no-compete clause ended, and I was I was throwing my name even prior to that, just around, hey everybody, because I think a lot of people weren't sure. They're like, I I still get questions. I got it this morning. Like, are you gonna wrestle again? And everything. I'm like, yeah, I'm booked, brother. Um, keep up on the social. Uh, but yeah, people always wonder. So like, I don't know if people knew if I was going to wrestle or what. And so I put it out there and yes, it was Matt reached out to me, asked me if I'd like, and I was like, and I love that he was the first one because this city means so much to me. It's home. There's a reason I came back here from Florida and everything like that. And so for my first appearance, let alone and now my first match for it to be for a Chicago homegrown kind of promotion it fills me with a lot of pride so i was very happy yes that matt reached out i i think a lot of people assume when somebody leaves wwe for whatever reason well they're going to aew now because we were all conditioned to that with wwe and wcw being in such competition years ago uh, but i get the feeling now that a lot of folks like yourself are like well not necessarily i want to find what i'm more comfortable doing i'm not going to just be like i want to i mean is it, is AEW something where where if you're not in WWE, you're like, well, that's the next thing I want to be in? Or is it I want to find my best situation and kind of reinvent myself and find myself before I go on to something like that, even if I choose to or not? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what the opportunity is in front of you. And that's what and I think that's the thing that happens to a lot of people, especially when they leave WWE. And I think people understand WWE being the biggest company in the world running as tight a ship or whatever as they do on their television, it's their show. I think sometimes you, you're fit into a certain kind of box role or whatever, and you you understand it, you play your role and you do it. And I think sometimes when you leave there, you leave with this sense of like, okay, wherever I go next, may, I'm not making the decisions. I don't have to like be right in the card or anything like that, but it's gonna be, I'm gonna kind of do things a little bit more on my terms. So an opportunity like AEW is amazing. Places like NWA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all amazing. But I think having, you know, been so tightly kind of kept under, uh, you know, in a certain role and everything in WWE, yeah, I do. I want to be a little bit more discerning about the right opportunity. So wherever that may be, if you, even if it is AEW, I kind of, you know, you want to talk, you want to set yourself up, make sure that whatever you're doing is going to be the, in the best interest for you. And because... I mean, before this pandemic hit and everything like that, we are spoiled for choice. Thank goodness for AEW. Thank goodness for the you know success of excuse me places like Impact and NWA and you know Ring of Honor, New Japan continuing to do that. Hopefully, as we kind of crawl out of this um, as safely as we can, uh, things that trend continues because I love the idea of guys having guys and girls having everywhere they can to work, and you can go around and make a living doing this in any number of ways. So, uh, Matt, you grew up on the western suburbs, attended Lyons Township High School, uh, Columbia College, and obviously you, you studied, like, uh, the arts and theater and drama at Columbia, correct? Yes, indeed. And then um, as you were growing up, um, did you attend shows in the Chicago area, like WWE, or I don't know if maybe you're too young for WCW, but, uh, yeah, did you attend any shows when you were growing up? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, so I wasn't – into like WC, like I, so my whole very, very brief, I won't give you the long term, but like, so I couldn't watch wrestling as a kid. We didn't have a uh, USA network. We didn't have TNT. We didn't have cable. So like 
all my friends would talk about it at school. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Everybody keeps talking about all this stuff. And it wasn't until Shotgun Saturday Night started showing up on WCIU, uh -huh. uh, Channel 26, if you guys remember that, um, but that I would see, I'm like, oh, this is the deal. Okay. And then SmackDown showed up on UPN. And then all of a sudden I was in it. So that wasn't until like 99 was when I was like, okay, now I'm in, I'm hooked. But then after that, yeah, I got my dad to take me to a couple shows at the Allstate. Uh, I went to a couple Raws, and then me and my best friend uh, got tickets to WrestleMania 22 here in Chicago. Yes. Did all the meet and greets and autographs, and even drove up to WrestleMania 27 in Detroit the next year too. So, yeah, man, once I was hooked, I, I was I was trying to get it anywhere I could. Did you do the uh, Hall of Fame and the breakfast and all that too for WrestleMania? Oh God, no, I could. I mean, that, those were those are all on us. I mean, we saved up our you know part time job money just to get. I think, I think we got decent tickets for twenty seven because we saved up longer. So we got like one section off the floor. But even like in Chicago, we were up upper deck. Um, and I do remember it's funny. My first pay per view at the Allstate Arena, I went and sat in my old seat you know, for, for a good 20 minutes uh, while the show was getting set up and everything like that, just for kind of the nostalgia's sake. But uh, no, I, I was I was not privy to all the cool extra stuff that is part of what is the WrestleMania week now. Very cool. And that was uh, the VOD villains against uh, Enzo and Cass, right? Yes. Pay-per-view match? That's right. Yeah, that was a match where I think Enzo suffered the concussion. Yeah, that was not not the way any of us obviously wanted to have our first, you know, main roster pay-per-view show. Absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, studying your Instagram stories, I noticed that there are a few things, and you've kind of already kind of threw them out already. Uh, the gaming on Twitch and all that, uh, working out, which is like, you know, you are absolutely jacked right now, Matt. You're looking great. And then, uh, obviously, it's wrestling with whiskey. Now, let's get a little bit into that, the little passion project that you have. Um, I know you've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, how did you get into it? So, um, honestly, it came from a place, like you said, a couple of years ago. I kind of made the decision. I was, in a little, I was kind of into the cocktail culture and stuff, so I was trying to whip up, like, Tom Collins and stuff in my apartment in Florida. But, like... Honestly, I, I got too lazy for that. I didn't want to have to keep fresh ingredients around and stuff like that. I was like, I just want to drink something. But I was like, I'm I'm beyond the you know shot in a beer or partying, you know, just you know getting getting lit up and everything like that. I'm like, I want to drink like an adult. Is really the the impetus for all of it. And um, I'd always watch my dad, and he was a Scotch drinker, drinking it either neat or with one ice cube. And I was like, that's I want to be able to drink like that, but right now whiskey tastes like fire water to me you know I, how, do people, <laughs> how do you do that like even beer i thought was like eh, i didn't enjoy it i just would drink it because it was there but i'm like how do you enjoy something so hot and like bitter and all this i'm like i don't know so i went to the bookstore i went to borders literally went to like the food culinary section found a book called tasting whiskey i didn't buy it of course no i stand I stood in the aisle and and just read it but it, but he basically just told me he was like the the writer which is Lou Bryson um was just like it's you just got to get used to it it's it's the cliche of it's an acquired taste you drink it every day and you're not getting lit up every day but you you're having a little taste of it every day and let your palate let your tongue let your taste buds get used to the heat get used to the proof 
um, and all that. And so I did that. I sat on my couch with a Diet Coke and a glass of whiskey each night, sipping and chasing, spreading the time between the two until I no longer needed the chaser. And then just kept, kept, kept going sipping until I started tasting things. And then from there, it was just, it was kind of a, a, a roll down the hill because there's a whole community out there that I discovered. That's what got me in. It wasn't just the whiskey. It was, there was, you know, the Reddit forums, the message boards, the Facebook groups, the podcasts, all the, you know, YouTube shows. There was this whole like niche community. Like there is like with wrestling fans and stuff like that. There are people like that talking about whiskey and especially bourbon here in the States that are just like nerding out over it. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm in. Like, it was the first thing that I nerded out over since wrestling as a kid, but now as an adult, it just turned into, happened to be whiskey. I find it incredible that the wrestler decided that he was going to keep some sort of a regiment instead of just falling into whiskey. He was like, I'm going to train for this. I'm going to have my Coke. I'm going to have my whiskey. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to space the entire thing out. It, it feels to me like that would be like, that's how you probably approach everything that you do in life. Like for you to be as disciplined as being into wrestling and getting to where you were and where you are now in your career, uh, it, it that must be just like your outlook on everything. Like I have a plan and I'm just going to go do it. Well, I see. I Wow. That makes me sound really like organized. I wish I was that organized, but you're not wrong in the idea of like, it was the same thing with wrestling. It was like, I can't approach anything and just like, yeah, I'm going to casually like, like it. And you know, just whatever happens, happens. Like if I like something or I, I'm interested in doing something, I'm like, I need to like make it more than just like a hobby. It's got to be like a job. It's got to be something, especially yeah, with the tasting whiskey. That's funny that you say that. Cause I say that to everyone. I'm like, it was like a workout. It was like, all right, my, my 30 minutes every day on the couch, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to hold it as long as I can without chasing it with a soda or something. <laughs> tough it, you know, tough through it for a couple of weeks until, you know, until I don't need it at all. It was, it was very much like training. And, but I mean, Hey, it paid off because I think I probably acquired the, the taste and the ability to kind of just to sip on it and everything faster than most people do, or, you know, that I certainly would if I didn't do that. Uh, man, have you done any like the whiskey or the bourbon uh, distillery tours at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, not all of them, just because we like I would try to stop off whenever like WWE would come to Kentucky, um, and I want to do like a full full on tour. But I'm hoping I will now with uh, that the single barrel club, which I just started. Because I'm going to start selecting barrels of whiskey from different distilleries. So I'm hoping to get down there, taste on site at the distilleries before selecting those barrels. So I've been to a couple, but I want to go to them all. I would assume that the next logical step then is an actual wrestling match and you taste whiskey as you're going through it. I mean, that could be fun and also dangerous, but it could be very fun. I mean, at the very least, you know, a celebratory post-match, you know, <laughs> toast yeah. or something I mean, like Stone, that. At Stone least. Cold had the beers. Like you should have, like, you should, you should bring out like a little tray. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, maybe if you get to AEW someday, maybe you and Hangman Adam Page can have a little bit of a drink off. Well, that's. I mean, I I, I keep watching and I keep they keep pouring what looks like you know they got the label turned around because you know you gotta keep those trademarks away. But it, you know, it looks like a big bottle of Jack Daniels, which nothing against Jack Daniels, they make some products, but I could broaden that boy's horizons on the whiskey front. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> anyway, I know we're running a little bit short on time. I'm going to hit one more thing real quick. What's it like marrying into the Guerrero family? Obviously, you're married to Shaw, the daughter of Eddie and Vicky Guerrero. What's that like? 
I mean, it's it's like anything else. It's like any of you or your friends falling in love with someone and getting married. It's that's one thing I always try to emphasize. It. This isn't uh, this isn't some like fanboy thing. Like, oh my God, I'm I'm a member of no man. Like, I just I happened to fall in love with the girl who had the last name, you know, Guerrero, and you know, everything else is just comes with it and and, and is circumspect like that. So, but I mean, she's amazing. Her her family is amazing. Uh, you know, I love my mother-in-law is outstanding. Um, she's always a laugh. And uh, no, it's it. The one thing I will say though, it, it's nice. It's nice and kind of sometimes tough. Like the one thing that she knew what the life of a wrestler was like. And so she was able to to understand a lot of like my frustrations and my travel schedule and things like that. And that's a blessing. Uh, But it's also hard because she grew up with that and not always the best parts of it. Her dad had a rough time, a lot of it. And she saw all that. And so I always felt bad. I'm like, I don't, I appreciated her support and knowing what comes with this territory, but I felt bad being like, making her have to live through it more. And so I always strive to be like the best husband I could be despite being away and everything like that. And it really kind of just instills in me to be as supportive and, you know, as everything as I can be on my end as well. And so, but I am forever grateful to her and everything she's done for me. Excellent. Um, real quick, before we let you go, uh, plug away, uh, social media, YouTube, whatever you want to plug, go ahead and plug it. Sure. No, I appreciate the the opportunity. I mean, obviously, Drama King Matt is my primary source of, you know, social media. That's Twitter and Instagram, both Drama King Matt. But the other thing is Wrestling with Whiskey is on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube as well. Just search Wrestling with Whiskey. You will find me starting the Single Barrel Club. If you sign up, I'm going to be picking barrels. And if you live in one of the states we fulfill, you will get a limited exclusive bottle that nobody else will get access to because single barrels are so unique. Um, so wrestling with whiskey, find it everywhere. And then other than that, join me on Twitch every single week. I'm on there on Tuesday nights, Thursday afternoons, Friday nights, and Sunday afternoons. So come out, check me. We're playing games. We're chatting. I'm playing with my wife. We compete against each other and do horrible, disgusting things as punishments to whoever loses. It's always a good time. Uh, but yeah, and other than that, anybody who wants to reach out to me, dramakingmat at gmail.com is the best way to get in touch. Drama King Matt, formerly Aiden English. Thank you so much, Matt, for stopping by Windy City Slam. We appreciate you coming on. I love the positivity. You seem just excited about the past, excited about the future, and, and ready to roll. And in this day and age, anytime I could talk with somebody positive, uh, that's a good thing. I appreciate you coming on. No, absolutely. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity and having me on. If you're listening live and you missed part of this interview, remember it's on demand very, very soon. It comes out each and every Monday on demand. You can listen live at noon every week, central time on Windy City Slam through the Podbean app. You can get that on any device. Otherwise, wait for it to come out on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. From Mike, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Just screaming because my name